Hey, welcome to episode 14 of the Endpoint Zone, where we explain everything that's new in enterprise mobility at Microsoft to you folks. We are back in the Channel 9 studios yet again, and Brad, welcome back to the studio. Yeah. It was a pretty amazing uh, month this month. Some yes. amazing uh, app ecosystem and partner announcements. Yeah, in fact, you know, it's early Thursday morning. We just got back late last night from three days down at the Citrix Synergy event in Vegas. Um, and, and in the last 10 days, just significant announcements that have been made as this ecosystem that is taking advantage of the MAM SDK and really building what is now the, the, the industry's largest managed app ecosystem in the industry. And so we want to go through some of those details about what we announced with SAP, what we announced with uh, Citrix uh, in the last couple of days. Um, and just give an overview of, of kind of how this is all playing out and, mm -hmm. and why this is so important. Yeah, I think it's the, the really amazing thing here is not only do we have, now have the largest app ecosystem, but it's the apps that people really need yeah. to get their business done. Yeah, and let's just kind of just talk about that point for a minute. You know, increasingly what we see as we're talking with customers and interacting with customers is so much of the conversation has turned to the apps and the data. It's not that the device isn't important anymore, but so much of that conversation is focused now on how do I focus my efforts on protecting the apps and the data? And there's a couple of things driving that. One, I think that just the level of maturity of the organizations and of the industry with respect to enterprise mobility management has, has increased. Mm -hmm. And so people are moving from just thinking about MDM to now thinking about how they actually really bring these apps under control. But even more important than that, organizations are telling us that as they embrace BYO, or in their new and updated BYO strategies, mm -hmm. they actually want to stop taking over the user's device, and they just want to focus their efforts on the apps and the data. So you, you could say, ma'am, without MDM, you know, we refer to it as man without device enrollment. Yeah. But what we believe and what we're hearing, you know, in conversation after conversation, it's just about every customer conversation tells me this. As they think about BYO, BYO they want to focus on MAM and data protection. They're still going to have MDM for all their corporate devices. And so what I'm seeing play out here is most organizations are going to be in a situation or a scenario where they're using MDM and MAM for some devices, corporate devices and increasingly man without device enrollment for those personal devices. Yeah, it's amazing. Every time those, we have those conversations, they focus so completely on the user conversation. How to empower your users to make them the most productive. Exactly Microsoft's vision and mission. It's very, very important. But it's also that data protection, as you say. They seem to be the two pillars where everything is pivoting from. And you know, the point you make there is, is really important. You know, the industry has moved from organizations initially with those initial EMM deployments where it's all about locking down the device, securing the device, securing the content, kind of ir irrespective of what the user experience was. Yeah. You know, in conversation after conversation, I hear organizations say, we have an environment that we think is secure, but our users hate it. Yeah. And so one of our focuses has been, how do we first and foremost focus on that user experience and deliver the user the most iconic, the most empowering, the most rich experience possible, and make it secure. But that pivot is important. We start with the user experience and make sure we have the best user experience, and then we make sure it's also secure, where the rest of the industry has come and say, let's start with security, and we'll do our best to make it delightful for the user. But it's, you know, let's, let's face it, it's not delightful. Yeah, that's why they've got apps in the app stores that have one or two stars, and we have apps in the app stores that have, well, four or five. Yeah, it's, you know, it, it was interesting, we'll talk about this more, but. You know, I had a chance to sit down with you know, 10 or 11 customers in the last uh, two days down at the Citrix event. Without exception, every one of those customers moving to Office 365, mm -hmm. and without exception, every one of those customers saying, our users want Office on their mobile device, not the knockoff that we've been using from an AirWatch or from a mobile iron or from a good, because it's just not a good experience. 
And so, you know, they want the best apps. They want the apps that their users are accustomed to using or that their users want to use. And that's why these, these announcements over the last couple of weeks are so significant as SAP and Citrix uh, come into this managed app ecosystem, making it, again, this is the largest managed app ecosystem in the industry, and that's really important to, to talk about. Yeah, and let's actually drill into some of these. So um, one of the things that we have very clearly heard from customers is that SAP is a yeah. very strategic partner for yeah. them. And that's why we've been out there and, and done this work with them. Yeah, in conversation after conversation, we'll ask customers, you know, give us the list of the most important apps that are strategic to you, that your users want to use, that you want to make sure your users can use but also protect. SAP is always, always on that list. Mm -hmm. You know, one could argue that if the gold standard for productivity is Microsoft Office, the gold standard for business apps is SAP and all this emphasis that they have on these new, new Fiori apps, and there, there are hundreds of these. Yeah. I mean, the first time I went up to the SAP Fiori site and was looking at the list of apps, I mean, there are hundreds, I mean, maybe it's even more than a thousand, but it is an incredible list. And it's this really simple thing to actually bring our Intune app SDK into an SAP Fiori app now. Yeah, SAP's done an amazing job on this, and I really admire some of the innovation that they've done. You know, one of the things that SAP has always done is, is been able to build custom apps for their customers. And I've always wondered, how do they manage that? If you have custom apps for, you know, five customers, that's one thing to manage. But if you've got custom apps for thousands, 10,000, you know, maybe hundreds of thousands of customers, how do you manage that? And so one of the innovations that SAP has done, and as I've inter interacted with Centil, you know, the individual who leads this over there, they have created this self-service experience now that allows customers to come up, they authenticate, and then this service actually knows who the customer is, what customizations have been built by SAP for their unique environment across these hundreds of SAP Fiori apps. And so then what SAP has done is they've gone and taking, taken the, uh, the Intune MAM SDK, and they have now embedded that into this tool so that users can come up, organizations can come up in a self-service model say we want to update our application, get the new uh, SAP Fiori apps, and just simply check a box that says I want it to be Intune enabled. They click build and the apps are built on iOS and on Android with all the MAM capabilities of Intune natively integrated into it. The user, you know, the organization doesn't have to do anything aside from saying I just want it to be EMS and Intune enabled. Yeah, I think this is um, leveraging a lot of the investments that we've made into um, our Intune app SDK to get it into Xamarin, but also to get it into Apache Cordova. And that means that basically any app for a mobile device can be enabled with our Intune app SDK. Mm -hmm. Not just the SAP Fiori, but very much SAP Fiori apps are a, a huge part of our ecosystem. And you know, I, this is where all of SAP's focus at. So if you kind of look at where SAP is going over the next several years, you know, these Fiori apps are kind of the, the, the front end to all the HANA apps, you know, that are being built on top of that infrastructure. Uh, and I just, I couldn't be more happy with just the simplicity of what they've done. It's also, I think, important to point out here that the Intune MAM SDK, app SDK, is the only SDK that's currently embedded in the SAP Fiori apps. Yeah. Okay? It's the only one in the tool, which I just think that shows a, a number of things. I think it shows, uh, you know, what the priority is based upon customer demand. Um, and and I, 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 honestly, I couldn't be more pleased with how simple it is. So let's actually go take a look at yeah, it. Yeah, totally. Okay? All right, so what I wanted to show you here is I want to show you the tool that, that you come up to to do a self-service experience mm -hmm. and just how easily it is embedded. So this right here is a video that, you know, that, that SAP put together and, and you're looking at, this is the tool 
that is used to build these custom apps for these hundreds and hundreds of Fiori apps. I think this is an incredible innovation that SAP has done. So let's just go ahead and hit play here. I'm going to kind of, kind of narrate through this. So what you're going to see here now is we're going to come up into plugins, and there's a whole list of plugins that SAP has here that customers can put in. Come over and do a search. Do a search and do a look here for, uh, for Intune. And it's then going to bring up this plugin that, that they have now embedded, which is effectively the, uh, uh, the MAM SDK from Intune. I'm going to go ahead and add that in. And quite literally, that's all that there is to do. And now what happens is when the, when, the, uh, when the administrator or when the individual actually building this app goes and hits build, it will literally create this particular app, you know, one of the hundreds of the Fiori apps. The MAM SDK is built into it. Therefore, it can be deeply managed and all the data loss prevention, all the things that you expect to have from these SAP apps are in it. Excellent. That's pretty incredible that we can actually just work with SAP's Fiori site and just be able to integrate into um, any of their apps that quickly. Yeah, I, you know, again, I've said this, but they did an amazing job on this. I think they've done some amazing innovation on how they allow their organizations, their customers, to build these custom apps in a self-service way. I mean, I, I would love to understand more about how they actually have built this and how they actually track all the customization. But the simplicity at which they have now embedded um, the Intune um, MAM SDK into that is, is really remarkable. So let's talk about why this is important. Yeah. Okay. Why this is important is the following. Now that those apps are all enabled with the MAM SDK, that allows them to fully participate with all the other apps that are using the MAM SDK, like all the Office apps, Adobe, Box, and we're going to talk next about all the Citrix apps. And there's a couple of scenarios that this allows and enables that if they were just app config enabled would not be allowed and would yep. not be enabled. Okay? First and foremost, there, there, there are a couple of things to point out here. First is the fact that organizations want to empower their users to reuse corporate data when it's appropriate, but they also want to guide the user on how to protect that. Yep. You know, I've often referred to this as intelligent uh, data loss protection. Mm -hmm. And so the scenario here that organizations want is they want to be able to enable their users to, for example, copy and paste from one corporate application to another corporate application, mm -hmm. but then they want to block that copy and paste from a corporate application into a personal application. And again, it's just all trying to guide the user. You know, if someone has malicious intent, they're going to figure out a way, whether it's taking a picture to, to get the data. Mm -hmm. But this accidental data loss protection is what we, what we really need that MAM SDK to do. That kind of scenario is not uh, enabled in any operating system today. It will be soon in, in Windows 10 with the enterprise data protection capabilities coming. But on iOS and on Android, there is no native way to enable that intelligent copy and paste across corporate apps, but then block it into a personal app. So that's one of the reasons why, you, you know, in some cases, you have to use that, uh, that MAM SDK from Intune to be able to do that. That's number yeah. one. You know, number two, uh, and this is one of the reasons why this is important with Office. The Office apps are definitely unique in that people use them in their personal life and in their business life. Mm -hmm. And so one of the innovations that we had to identify and come up with is, when the user's in a corporate document, we want to apply data loss prevention. But when they open a personal document, we want to stay out of it and respect the user's privacy. Mm -hmm. Again, there's nothing in the operating systems that allow that. You know, app config doesn't allow that because app config is not multi-user aware. You know? And so we've had to innovate on that, and that's one of the things that MAM SDK does. And that's one of the reasons why Office you know, supports that, that MAM SDK. But now with SAP, all that can be integrated. And I think one of the most delightful things about that from the user's point of view is that actually those kind of, if you like, um, those, those speed bumps actually only occur when you start to use corporate data. They don't occur in the rest of the user experience, which on other platforms, if you're using somebody else's container system, you'd have to enter a pin just to get into the application. Mm -hmm. 
and that is just well, it's in the way of the, what the user wants to do. Yeah, again, it's, it's that focusing on the user experience. There's one other reason, and, and the SAP apps will be updated um, you know, here over the next couple of months to do this as well. Going back to this point about organizations want to focus on the apps and the data without taking over the user's personal device, mm -hmm. that man without device enrollment, today, app config today requires the device to be enrolled in order to be able to apply policy. But with the SDK from Microsoft, our, our, our app SDK, you can do MAM and have all that data loss protection without having to have the device enrolled for the MDM. So those three things are important. Multi-user, the ability to be able to copy and paste across corporate applications, but then block copy and paste into personal apps, and then the ability to run with MAM without device enrollment. Those are the three reasons why you know, we continue to invest in the, in the SDK from a MAM perspective. But at that same point, we also manage all the apps that are app config enabled. Mm -hmm. And so if you think about the app ecosystem that you get when you use EMS, it's all the app config enabled apps. It's also all of these apps that are now enabled for uh, the, the SDK from, from Intune. And that's all the SAP apps, all the Citrix apps, all the Microsoft apps, Box, Adobe. That is the industry's largest map ecosystem, bar none. Yeah, it absolutely is. Let's switch gears and talk about um, probably one of the most important and strategic partners. Yeah. I know you spend a, a lot of time with Citrix. Let's talk about Citrix and what happened just this week down at Citrix yeah. Synergy. It's awesome. It was just incredible to be down there for the last couple of days and just feel the energy at the actual event. As we really uh, um, rolled out what I think is the most significant updates to this long-standing relationship with, with, uh, with Citrix in the 10 years that I've managed mm -hmm. the partnership. You know, the way that I would categorize it is, is it's a significant reinvigoration and strengthening of what I think is one of the industry's longest partnerships. Yeah. And so, you know, it, 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 I spend more time with Citrix as an individual partner than with any other partner in the industry. You know, I, I spend essentially a full day every quarter with their entire leadership team as we compare notes on what we're hearing from customers and we identify what are the things we're going to go build together. You know, over the last couple of years, I've proposed a number of things. We couldn't quite get everything worked out the way that we wanted to. But with Kirill, you know, coming in to now be the CEO, uh, boy, talk about a high bandwidth conversation. And we've just been able to accomplish more in the last 100 days that I think will benefit customers in significant ways than we have in a, in a long time. And that partnership is key, it's strategic, it's important, and will deliver incredible value for empowering users while also protecting the data on these devices. So what were some of the things that we actually we talked about at Citrix? We, we obviously did quite a lot around the app ecosystem, but there was also some major announcements around the way that Citrix is going to approach the cloud. Yeah, and so there were four kind of big categories that we announced. And it really came down to, um, you know, over the last three or four months as I've been speaking with Kirill, as he's been kind of getting up to speed on the Citrix business, mm -hmm. customers are asking Citrix to do four things, mm -hmm. four big things. Help accelerate the move to the cloud. Yep. Help accelerate the move to Windows 10. Help accelerate the move to Office 365. And then more uh, strongly align the enterprise mobility capabilities with, with Microsoft. And so those were the four categories of things that we announced. Let's kind of click down one by one. Yeah. Accelerate the move to the public cloud. So Citrus came out and identified Azure as its preferred and strategic public cloud going forward. And you know, Kirill made the comment at that in, in the keynote that Citrix is all in in the cloud. And so, you know, like what we're seeing across the industry, organizations are asking Citrix to host their their, their solutions as services, mm -hmm. so customers don't have to have you know expenditures of, of yeah. capex up front. They can go on a pay-as-you-go, pay-as-you-use model. They don't have to worry about the building and the maintenance of the infrastructure. That Microsoft and Citrix do that. So Citrix is saying they're going to take and they're going to move their services and invest heavily in the cloud to help customers be more agile, get more value. And the first and preferred solution is going to do that on Azure. That's a that's a pretty incredible thing. I mean that that really is what people have been asking for for 
for quite some time. There have oh, been, there's been huge. white papers on how to build your own Citrix farm inside of, uh, inside of Azure, but this is real true first party um, support from Citrix. Yeah, so I, you know, that's awesome. That's just, yeah. that's just incredible. That's number one. Number two, help accelerate the move to Windows 10. You know, we know that historically the number one cost and time associated with an operating system upgrade is app compatibility testing. Oh, totally. You know, we have done a really, probably the best job, in fact, I know the best job of compatibility with Windows 10, with Windows 7 and Windows 8 than we've ever done. I mean, the rate at which we're seeing um, compatible applications as people upgrade to Windows 10 is, is super high. But there's always going to be a handful of applications that, you know, have some kind of an issue. And so being able to do a quick sanity check and identify which apps would have problems is going to dramatically accelerate the time. Mm -hmm. And that's what Citrus is doing with this product called AppDNA. Yeah. AppDNA allows you know, them to help you automatically discover which applications may have a compatibility issue with a suggestion on how to solve that. And so you can just shrink that time frame that you know, maybe that was 25, 30% of your mm -hmm. time in the past in terms of verifying app compatibility issues shrink it dramatically and get Windows 10 deployed. Yeah, I have to say, I totally love this. I'm a former applications packager. AppDNA is, well, it's amazing yeah. for being able to identify any of those compatibility issues so that you can work through them. It's a fantastic asset yeah. that Citrix has. And they've actually made it free to all their partners, so the partners can actually use that as a tool to go in and start helping their customers to, to upgrade to Windows 10. Incredible. Okay. Number one on that. They also announced, this is the first time we've talked about this publicly, they uh, will we'll be delivering later this year a hosted Windows 10 desktop as a service mm -hmm. on Azure. This is a first. Yeah. Okay, this is the first time we've ever talked about enabling from a license perspective Windows 10 to be on a shared cloud infrastructure. And so Citrus is going to be delivering that on top of Azure here, you know, later this year. And that's awesome because now people will be able to go and actually use that hosted full desktop, full VDI on top of Azure you know, uh, built by Citrix. Yeah, and there are places where people really desperately want to be able to do that. If you've got amazingly well-built Excel macros and VBA scripts and that kind of thing, those are just going to work mm -hmm. inside of Windows 10, yeah. inside of um, Citrix on Azure, and you're going to have full access to those on any device because of Citrix's excellent receiver software. Definitely one of the most significant announcements from, from this week. The third piece we'll quickly on, on Windows 10 acceleration is going to be they've updated their Config Manager uh, plugin. Mm -hmm. And what that allows is organizations to take their Zen app apps and just have them be another application type in Config Manager. Mm -hmm. And so now you can deploy you know, Windows apps, modern apps, web apps, Citrix apps. And you can all do that all through one console in Config Manager. There's no other uh, solution that's that integrated with Config Manager in the market. I would actually, I would say that that is totally game changing for any IT admins out there yeah. that are deploying Windows 10 apps. Yeah, and just kind of put that perspective, Config Manager is generally a, a, a company-wide kind of a decision. Mm -hmm. And often you see Citrix will come in, Zen app, and it'll be a department, it'll be for a particular app. With this, you know, you can actually take and now think about how you use Zen app across the entire company and just use Config Manager to enable it, deploy it, and manage it. Yeah, and I think the numbers are around about one in three companies is using, uh, sorry, two in three companies are using um, Config, Config Manager. Manager. And we're managing many millions of devices um, with Config Manager globally. It's yeah, pretty yeah. incredible stuff. And, and I, I learned something new at the Citrix conference as well. They have, on any given day, 50 million concurrent users using Zen app around the world. Wow. Yeah, I had no idea. Yeah, that is huge. That is a huge, Yeah, we'll huge talk about that more usage. in a couple of minutes. But, you know, if you are a large organization, an enterprise organization, and you're doing VDI or you're doing uh, application remoting, you're probably using Citrix. Yeah. You know, RDS and the VMware solutions are generally used in smaller size organizations. Enterprises is almost exclusively Citrix. Yeah, absolutely. Right. So um, the next pillar was Office 365 yeah. acceleration. Yep. Uh, let's talk about that for a moment. Yeah, two big things to point out there. First one, you know, we've got these rich apps that we've built on iOS and Android, and people love those apps. Yeah. 
But companies often will have a plug-in or they'll have some macros that actually require the Win32 versions of Office. Mm -hmm. And you know, Citrus kind of invented the category of application remoting. And so as people are moving to Office 365 and giving these rich apps on their iOS and Android devices to users, you can still use ZenApp in order to be able to have host those applications that do require a plugin, you know, maybe there's a plugin to Outlook, you know, maybe there's a macro that you've got in Excel, mm -hmm. and so you can have that combination of the rich client apps for the, you know, the, the general purpose, but for those handful of things that require those macros, those plugins, do that through Citrix. Yeah, absolutely. Then the other piece we talked about was the the unique um, engineering integration we've done with Skype for Business. Mm -hmm. You know, as you think about the Office 365 SKUs. The newest one is what we call E5. E5. And the two value props in that are voice data and security. Mm -hmm. Okay, and so for us, Skype for Business is a really, really big deal. And we see organizations wanting to move to this in mass because it really is what you require for mobility. You're not tied down to a phone at your desk. Mm -hmm. It also takes out, you know, 30 to 40 percent of your cost. Yeah. And so as the Skype team was doing their research, uh, you know, about 18 months ago, loud and clear the enterprises said, integrate with Citrix's HDX protocol so we can have the best possible experience for our users who are running applications remoted or the desktops remoted. Mm -hmm. So literally the Skype for Business has integrated with the HDX protocol to make sure that Skype for Business runs in the same way it would run locally when you're hosted in, in a data center. We also took the, Zenifer, the, um, the Skype for Business app and split it in two so part of it runs in the data center and part of it runs on the device when it senses that it's in a Citrix environment. Wow. Okay. And so what that allows is things like the, the location service, the ringer, the speakers is all running locally, but the rest of the app is running in the data center. So it's been engineered to be optimized in a Citrix environment. Kind of from that perspective, that level of integration in engineering has not been done with the VDI that my team builds, mm -hmm. and it's not been done with VMware. And it's been very customer-driven uh, uh, suggestions and directions said, get it integrated with Citrix. Yeah, it's a, it's a really huge. So that'll help the move to Skype for Business because you know organizations that are running these desktops uh, centrally want to have Skype for Business run centrally as well. So they're going to help us accelerate Office 365. Very, very cool. And then the next section yeah. is uh, is the thing that's probably pretty dear to our hearts. Yeah, yeah. Um, is our, our integration of, or rather Citrix's integration of the Intune App SDK into their mobile apps and what they've done with Netscaler. Yeah. So, you know, we've been talking for quite a while about how we could align our mobility efforts. Um, you know, the enterprise mobility suite has been experiencing just explosive growth. Yeah. You know, we've talked before on this and now, it is now the largest enterprise mobility management solution by customers in the market. I mean, significantly bigger than AirWatch or yeah. MobileIron, who are, who are, you know, three and number two in the market. And growing incredibly fast. And growing at a faster rate, exactly. Yeah. You know, and so just about every organization we talk to tells us that, you know, they know they're going to go to the enterprise mobility suite. It's just a matter of when, mm -hmm. okay? Citrix sees this as well. And so what we wanted to do is we said, how are we going to align these so that Microsoft can make sure that we're adding value if the customer is a Zen Mobile customer? And how can Citrix add value if the customer is an EMS customer? Yeah. So let's kind of walk through the four big pillars. First of all, all of the Citrix apps will be enabled and aligned with the, uh, the Intune MAM SDK. Awesome. And what that will allow is, just like we talked about with SAP, all their apps can now participate in that same container mm -hmm. as the SAP apps, all the Microsoft apps, Adobe, Box, go down the list. Okay? Again, the largest ma managed app ecosystem in, in the industry. So to kind of even kind of getting a little more, more, more specific on that, if you're using Receiver, you're using Xanap or Zen Desktop, your application, your users can now copy and paste between you know, a, a centralized app and uh, Office mm -hmm. or SAP 
with all that data loss prevention being applied, where you can copy into corporate apps, but block the copying going into a personal app. Yeah, absolutely amazing. In mm -hmm. fact, even in the same app, it could be um, preventing somebody from copying it into a personal document inside of Word. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and so you kind of walk through it. You know, most users are using Office. Mm -hmm. SAP is heavily used. Citrix, there are 50 million concurrent users in any given day, which, you know, if, if you kind of blow that out, is that 150 million users, 200 mm -hmm. million? Oh, it's a big number. Yeah. All those now in the same app ecosystem. Okay. Also, Zen Mobile is going to be integrating some of the identity pieces of EMS. Yeah. So they're going to be building in uh, support for the multi-factor authentication as well as the self-service password reset. So if you're a Zen Mobile customer, there is now great value where the Intune MAM as well as the Azure Active Directory Premium identity capabilities are integrated with Zen Mobile and you can get value there. Yeah, and that's a fantastic opportunity. Anybody that um, needs to be able to do things like self-service password reset, they just get that. Mm -hmm. So that's number one. Number two, e, um, Netscaler is going to be EMS enabled. This is very cool. I just want to point out what Netscaler is for folks in case they're, they're not quite aware. One of the problems that lots of organizations face is that they have actually got quite a lot of clutter inside of their organizations. And that can be clutter from having multiple gateways or multiple VPNs just to allow people access to various parts of the organization. Lots of those organizations also rely on Netscaler mm -hmm. in order to be able to provide access both internally and externally to various resources. So it gives them a single uh, gateway, if you like, to allow access to applications. It, and that's pretty important. It does network acceleration, reverse proxy. It, it's, it's a pretty capable solution. Oh, yeah. You know, one of the things I can remember talking to, to Mark, you know, at Citrus over the couple of years ago is the integration that they've done across their capabilities. If you are a, a large Zen app and a, and a, and a, or a desktop user, you probably have Netscaler deployed mm -hmm. because they've actually you know, integrated Zen app and Zen desktop with Netscaler to make sure that you get the, the fastest experience for the user. It's the best experience. Yeah. So the beauty of this is now Netscaler is going to be able to integrate with EMS. I'll describe the kinds of scenarios that's mm -hmm. going to enable. So, you know, I think Microsoft pioneered what conditional access to cloud services was. We did that with all the Office 365 services. But customers also want to be able to do conditional access to their on-prem apps and data mm -hmm. based upon the configuration of the device or the configuration of the apps. And so as we in EMS and Intune set these conditional access policies, as, the, uh, as a device or an application managed by Intune tries to pass through the Netscaler gateway, mm -hmm. Netscaler is actually going to interact with the EMS services to see if conditional access should be applied and mm -hmm. block the user or if it should be allowed to go through. Yeah, and that's going to mean we can say, is the device compliant, is the app compliant, is the user compliant, have they had all the policy applied that they need to, are they protected in the right ways before they get access to your resources. That's right. And so now with that combination, you can do conditional access to any cloud, through the cloud services, as well as to your on-premises apps. It's the most complete solution on the market as, yeah. as we build this out. And as we said, unlike anybody else's MDM solution, there's no cluttering gateways or VPNs that you need to deploy. That's right. If you've got Netscaler, it's, it's going to become pretty difficult to start justifying those gateways. Yeah, if you've got Zen app or Zen desktop deployed, you probably have Netscaler deployed. It just plugs right into that, you know, yeah. with, without infrastructure to deploy, which I think is incredible. The third part of this, of this expanded partnership on mobility is we're going to take part of the Netscaler capabilities and embed that mm -hmm. into the Intune MAM SDK. Yes. Now, this is very, very exciting. Yeah. And what that will allow, well, quite simply, is if an, if an app has been in line with the SDK, it can actually now punch through the firewall, if you will, get access to the on-prem applications and data without even bringing a VPN up. Yeah, so just to, to bring those, these things together and uh, provide a, a kind of hypothetical solution, you may have a, an SAP Fiori application, which is enlightened with the Intune MAM app SDK. You got it. It could then just talk to your Netscaler to access the backend databases on-prem. 
Correct. With conditional access policies applied. Yeah. And it's the only solution on the market that can do that. Yeah. And on a non-managed device. Exactly. Pretty incredible. Yep. And then the fourth piece is, um, I'm really excited about this, is Citrix is going to be building a new enterprise mobility management service on Azure. Mm -hmm. And then as that service gets built, we're going to be connecting on the back ends and we'll be able to share data and build common scenarios across this new service that they're building and the existing enterprise mobility uh, um, suite services. Okay? So as an example, you could see where Citrix takes all the investment that they've done in security compliance and a bunch of things that they've done on Zen Mobile expose those as capabilities inside this new cloud service. Mm -hmm. They could then talk to Intune and to EMS that says, we want to go apply these policies, you know, because you only have one MDM authority on the device, we would go apply those. We would report back the status and, and for example, this new EMM service from Citrix could go out and say, these devices are compliant with SOX and, and HIPAA, these devices are not. But you can see that kind of solution being built where Citrix is adding value to all the EMS components. Yeah, and I think this is one of the, another incredibly important thing to point out. That's because we've gone back, looked at the, our, our architecture, made sure that we really have engineered the right architecture for the cloud and for mm -hmm. mobile apps, and not just taken what worked on-prem and thrown it up into some sort of cloud service. We actually re-architected everything with this in mind. And you think about this is you know like five, ten year view of how we're going to be working together mm -hmm. on enterprise mobility. If you're starting from Zen Mobile, EMS now adds incredible value on that. If you're starting with the EMS components, all the Citrix assets add value into that. Then you can kind of roll forward over the next couple of years and we'll continue to do more integration there. But as this EMM service gets built, that'll be a whole new set of values that we'll integrate. And that's a spectrum from on-prem today to the cloud that gives us you know, a very broad set of, of customer-facing new value that will be unique to this partnership of Microsoft and Citrix. Yeah, and we have amazing technologists inside of this product team who are listening to you folks, the customers, to actually get your feedback. And we are investing in these things because it's what the customers are actually asking mm -hmm. us to do. Yeah. That's the beauty of actually being involved with something like EMS, where it is a true service. Mm -hmm. You know, one of these times we actually had a, had, a, had a talk about how we're architected and how the teams actually do their backlogs, because quite mm -hmm. literally, we change the priority of the engineers on a daily basis. Yeah. And so if we hear something, it's an opportunity, we hear a blocker, we can change the, 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 the priority list and get something out within weeks. Yes. You know, we used to be pretty happy that we were doing annual releases and with Intune, you know, we're, we're doing, uh, you know, releases all the time. Yeah. We bundle them up and say, here's what's happened in the last 30 days. But let's actually take a note and do a, do a, do a session yeah, on that in the next month or two. Totally. So Brad, that brings us to the end of this episode of the Endpoint Zone. With one exception, the Ignite session catalog is going to be online very soon, so you can uh, make your decisions about which sessions you're going to attend at Ignite, and I believe that there is some keynote planning going on right now. Yeah, our first meeting on Keynote starts tomorrow. That's pretty Four months in advance. I guess the earliest we've ever started. Wow. And some amazing news for you this week. You actually became a grandpa. Yeah, pretty cool. Pretty amazing. It was an amazing day. Thank you very much for watching, and we'll see you on the next episode of The Endpoint Zone.